TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free one-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Danny Meringue. Dusty Bun? Dusty Hera. I've been really busy trying to save the world from Russians and monsters. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader. (laughs) Of course you have. 1080. I want to hear it. The Fan. All right, now number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Monday afternoon. You missed hour number one. We talked a lot about college football playoff, uh, best versus deserving, which that's something that we've all heard ad nauseum over the last 24 hours. Did Was it necessary to have a four-hour selection show? No, it never is. It's also not necessary for a four-hour pregame for the Super Bowl. It's not necessary for four. Nothing is no. necessary for four hours. No. A game isn't that long. No. No, but they gave us four hours of it. Um, if you missed any of that conversation, you could check it out, Service Patriots Podcast at 1080thefan.com or right there in the Odyssey app. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Uh, Washington, they are the number two seed in the college football playoff. They get Texas. That's a, that'll be a fun matchup. I think that game's going to be really good. But the way that Washington got there was by a convincing win in the Pac-12 championship game. And another three-point affair played between these two teams as 34-31 is the outcome this time. Kalen DeBoer's dogs uh, raced out to an early 10-0 lead. And oh my goodness, the start of that game, you could tell Washington, they were playing with something extra. And we talked about this all week long leading up. and. You know, it's one of those things that as we're going through it, the first time they've had a full complement of their wide receivers in their wide receiver room. Thule, the one of the best run stoppers in all of college football, in the middle of their rush defense. All of those guys played a major factor mm-hmm. in that game, ending with a UW win. But the fact of the matter is, it was every single position group for UW. They played their best game of the season, and they played, outplayed Oregon. The coaching staff outschemed Oregon. It was a it was a it was a complete win for UW, and Oregon made as they do every game, 
made incredible halftime adjustments. But it was too late when you're playing a team as good as UW to spot them 10 points early in the game and only run six plays on your first two offensive games, mm-hmm. uh, offensive drives. UW's game plan was as perfect as you can draw it. And after that, Oregon played a really good football game, and yeah. we were treated to a great matchup, a top-five matchup that lived up to the billing after those first few drives. It was, a, it was a fantastic game. Yep. I mean, Washington coming out and chewing up seven and a half minutes mm-hmm. in their first drive on a 15-play 15 15-play 15 drive, only getting a field goal, I was like, that's interesting. That They're, was a win for Oregon. It was. It was like, hmm, Washington's just going to take the points. That was something we, we wanted going in on Thursday. It was like, yep. is there ever going to be a time where teams are like, Unless they have to, are they gonna force the issue, or are they just gonna take the points? Considering what happened last game, Washington takes the points. They go in. That very first Oregon drive is the most jilted, disorganized, frustrated I have seen Bo Nix look ever at Oregon. Yeah, even more than the Georgia game, where even though they lost forty-nine to three, he didn't look bad. Yeah. He had that one bad throw across his body that ended up being the pick. Outside of that. He never he was never rushed. He was mm-hmm. never had happy feet. He didn't he wasn't unsure of where to go with the ball. Georgia's defense was just a world and they got him off the field. Knicks did not know where to go or how to get the ball out to somebody in time and space the first three plays. I know he hit the ref. Yeah. That that play was going to get broken up by the corner. But look, UW's corners and they're going to be the unsung heroes of that entire game because they played tight coverage and they were all over. They knocked balls everything. down, dislodged balls down. They they were fantastic. They were physical. They made plays on the ball. It was it was a great scheme, but it was also one thing that UW's players did. Execution was at an elite level for UW early in that game and often. And when you talk about, you know, kind of what went wrong, first the the pressure was there. And the pressure was relentless mm-hmm. from from UW up front, and their front seven did as good of a job as you possibly can. But as one thing that really kind of stuck out to me was how good their linebackers were playing against Bucky Irving, because in the run game they were stacked but staggered in their pursuit of Bucky Irving. And how many times we've seen him? If you're going to have uh, either an outside linebacker or a corner come up and set the edge. Bucky setting them up, putting a foot in the ground, and finding that cutback lane. That pursuit was so relentless, and it was discipline. He had nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. And if the first backer missed, the second backer was right there. There's there's no backside plays to to be made. And uh, from my perspective, Bucky did not look right. Yeah, I mean, he's been dinged for a while, but it was the fact that that lane just wasn't there. And that's why they went to Jordan James in the second half. Like you could look at it. He was downhill and he was way more effective. Just Mm -hmm. see the hole and hit it because you had to do that against the pursuit of UW. But in the passing game, they did such a good job of whether it was their tight ends or the running backs releasing out into the flats. And we've talked about this, how Will Stein's offense always has an answer, right? At every single level. Mm -hmm. Well, and those guys were vacating, like the very first play of the game, where you try to get to Troy Franklin across the middle because those backers were gone, Mm -hmm. okay? And you're replacing, either you replace a blitzer or you replace a vacating backer who's going with the back out. The corners are playing so tight Mm -hmm. and playing so well. Step for step. That that answer wasn't there for the offense. Mm -hmm. And on the first play, it wasn't there. And then on third down, when you saw Troy try to run that slant, Slant, they did a 
I mean, there was a hold on there, but who cares? It's a conference championship game. I I, I appreciate the fact that the officials let the players they play. They stayed out of this game almost entirely. And what, were there penalties that they missed? Yeah, sure, but it was for both sides. Yeah. It wasn't just one-sided, right? There were plenty of opportunities for Oregon to make it up, and we saw that they did in the second half. They took a lead in the game, right? Mm-hmm. But when you spot a team that many points early – and when you go three and out, three and out, and you have a seven-and-a-half-minute death march for a field goal, and then you go on a six-play, just quick-strike drive after a long punt return, like that long that punt return after the first three mm-hmm. and out, like we do, we go back to that. That was a huge play in that That was game. an uh-oh. That was like, oh, they might have a little bit of juice coming out here. Because that Ross James... I I haven't seen that out of him. Mm-hmm. He outkicked his coverage though, and when you have it as it explosive as the returner as uh, Jeremy Bernard Bernard is, man, he made Oregon pay. One guy got out of his lane, and he when he gets that thing to the fifty yard line, that is a huge play in that game. And then the defense f- feeds off it, and it's another three and out for Oregon. And then you saw okay. This is what Oregon does, the settle, reset, and adjust. And I thought that they had to grind out every single drive to get points out of it. And it it was like, and, and this is like a, such a helpless feeling when you are a play caller or when you are an offense and you're trying to operate in that the methodical nature of Oregon's offense all season long mm-hmm. has been like, we will control tempo, we will control pace, and we will make you pay. When Oregon was successful, it was on the okay. We have to. We're relying on big plays right now. Yeah, we're relying on big play, and you don't want to rely, have an offense that relies on big plays. And that's a ton of credit to Washington, forcing Oregon to be uncomfortable. But I thought that Oregon's offense did adapt very mm-hmm. well when they got Jordan James in. It was more downhill running. Well, particularly before the half, that that drive, oh, landing, calling the timeout. Making sure they had enough time to work with. Great again. Landing's one and four now against Oregon yeah. State and Washington. They're, they're, they're rivalry matchups, which we can talk about later. But we the the criticism of game management stuff, I don't think that really popped up in this game. Nope. And this is where I think you need to give Landing credit because he did call that timeout that gets them that opportunity. And they go down, they just boom, 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 boom. And, and they get that score that allows this to be a game. They don't get that score. Mm-mm. This isn't a game. No. No. This isn't a and, game. That is where Bo Nix looked comfortable. Yep. It's where you got Troy Franklin loose a little bit on that drive. And look, the middle four is where Oregon prides themselves on, mm-hmm. right? Four minutes before middle eight, four minutes before half, four minutes, four minutes coming out of half. And they're fantastic. And guys. they put their defense on the field at the beginning of the game, knowing that, hey, middle eight is where we want to win. They get that touchdown at the end of the half. And then what I thought was really interesting was instead of, and this is where, Dan Lanning and Oregon did play true to themselves. They come out in the second half, and then on the opening drive, they convert two fourth downs. Mm -hmm. There was so much football to be played. And after what happened up in Seattle, Mm -hmm. he wasn't gun-shy, didn't change what their identity is. They went out and they scored to make it 20-17. to And I thought that that, those moments, if they were to punt on that first fourth down when you're near midfield and it's short and you're like, this isn't who we are, then you're playing, you know, conservatively and you're you're worried about what's going to happen next. I thought that was a big boost to keep that game competitive throughout and not only just bringing that game closer, but you saw kind of a, a little bit of a spark. 
from Oregon, and then they end mm-hmm. up taking a lead. They scored 21 unanswered points and, in that game. And a big part of that was something, again, we talked about on Thursday, which was they have done a great job of, number one, keeping Bo Nix clean all year, mm-hmm. but not running designed plays so he's not taking hits. Yep. They ran, I believe, four designed runs for, I want to say, about 30 yards before he breaks that, what, 45, 50-yarder. Mm-hmm. But each one of those plays, I believe two of them, were one of them was a fourth down, the other one was a second down that made it to a third and short or ended up being a fourth and short. But the threat of Bo as a runner was the was a thing for the thing for the first time all season. In that that throw to Terrence Ferguson for the touchdown on fourth and two, boy, you saw it. Yeah. Like that that that's the if they win that game, like those are the that, that's yeah, the that's Heisman a, yeah, drive. That's the right? play. Yeah. But Oregon's defense also settled in. They get a pick, mm-hmm. and then Oregon's <laughs> interception. Right what did they say on the television broadcast about that play? Because the defender came from out of bounds because they did not show a replay oh, yeah. as it was being reviewed on the Jumbotron, mm-hmm. and we were all just looking around like, what is going on here? Because he was out of bounds. I saw him the go out of bounds, said the, 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 and then he came on, back in. The on-camera referee said, in college football, the defender can go out of bounds. You do not need to reestablish before getting uh, being able to touch the ball. It is only the offensive player. Wow. Yeah. Because you could understand why he threw the ball to yeah. Treshawn hold it because mm-hmm. he thought... He thought hey, he got out of bounds, yeah. yeah or he thought he's two guys the gone, yeah. and then he comes from like it, it, from the UW sideline, mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere like it's just some dude standing on the sideline going to pick it off. Joink? This is a hell of a play. Yeah. It was an incredible play by UW, but that was a big momentum mm-hmm. swing right there to where if they don't get that one back and Oregon goes down and scores, you sit there and we're going, oh, whoa, hey, what are we doing here? As it was, Oregon's defense still bowed their back. They hold UW on that drive, mm-hmm. and it was kind of even Stevens. You're playing at the, a The momentum way. went one way, then it went hard back the other way, and then yeah. it kind of slowed down, and it was like, ah, that's where the game kind of got a little murky. But and that is where yeah. I give UW the most credit. Was you, pulling it out of that. Yeah, They were drug into deep waters again. Mm-hmm. It was not unfamiliar to them. They knew exactly how to handle their, this, the situation. They never got down. It, it, you could hear a pin drop at times when Oregon took the lead and UW fans going like, this isn't supposed to be happening right now. Uh-oh. Not from that sideline, though. Mm-hmm. Those guys, there is a resolve about UW that you just, like, they do not feel they're, they're going to lose. And particularly when you when you have, and we can talk about this at the break, when you have all three of those, or all four of those wide receivers. Yep. They tried just, to warn people all last week. Look, I, look, I took Washington <laughs> to cover. <laughs> like, I didn't, there was no way that was a nine point game. Yeah. I just, no. But I mean, look, Odunze is absolutely a dude. Yeah. At, on all levels, but you can't single cover all of those guys. Yeah. You just can't do it. And yep. when you, you allowed Penix and Penix was able to, Oregon's pass rush was not able to be disruptive, and Penix was able to let routes develop. And he, Dusty, I mean, you were down there. He had throws that were just yeah, otherworldly. And I want to talk about Michael Penix Jr. because he is so damn good. <laughs> and he was the best player on the field yeah. on Friday night. This is Danny Dusty on The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Michael Penix Jr., he was that dude in the Pac-12 championship game. A lot was made over his lackluster performances leading up to it. Uh, He goes 27-39, 319 yards, only one touchdown and a pick, but boy, he was impressive. He did it with his arm a couple times, uh, took off with his legs, took a couple shots, and Bo Nix afterwards in the tunnel went up to him and was talking to him in, in kind of like, and UW fans were like, oh, classless. He kind of gently like grabbed him and was like, you good? And, he, and Mike Penix said, I, my ribs are fine. I don't know why people are saying I'm hurt. <laughs> and he, he was playing like a roller coaster the, the back half of the season. Not even a roller coaster. He was awful except for one game he in his last five. was that dude on Friday night. He Incredible. looked fine. He made some of the most... NFL-ready throws that you could possibly mm-hmm. make. Pinpoint um, throwing guys open. Throwing into coverage and putting it where only your guy can get it. Hell, he... Honestly, the, the most surprising thing about that game wasn't how good he was. It was the the throw that he had to Polk early in the game that he overthrew. And Polk, Oregon had broken coverage. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. He was butt naked. Yep. Penix puts touch on that. It's another six right out of the gate. And it was like... Oh, he missed that throw. Maybe he is something bothering him. No, no, it wasn't because <laughs> he just dotted dudes the entire game. Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunze, those are NFL wide receivers. Yep. They played like it um, on Friday night. And Michael Penix Jr., it looked like a guy who he was ready just to shut everybody up. The mm-hmm. whole team played like this. Yes. But Penix especially was... The throws that he made, the degree of difficulty in his decision making, mm-hmm. was top notch. Yep. It, it truly was. It was top notch. And you know, I, the the worst throw of the night was picked off by Treshawn Hol- uh, Treshawn or not Treshawn Holden, Kyrie Jackson, mm-hmm. the other Alabama transfer who wears yeah. number five. Uh, Kyrie <laughs> Jackson, and that would have been a pick six if Kyrie keeps his feet. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, but Turf again, monster. here's another thing that happened. And this, like, with how good Penix and McMillan and Adunze and Polk and having Jeremy Bernard and having Devin Culp and having Giles Jackson, Mm -hmm. 
having the full complement of weapons and Dylan Johnson out of the backfield and running like six inches off the ground and always churning forward, it didn't matter to me who was on the field, but when you are without Jaleel Florence, when Kyrie Jackson is missing Mm -hmm. for series and you have to test that depth, wrong team to have that happen against. And Washington did what great teams do. They make you pay in where you are short. And Oregon was short in the secondary, Mm -hmm. and they made them pay for it. And that's no... I mean, that's all credit to Washington. It's not a knock on Oregon. No, you you can't... We talked off-air a bunch. You can't single-cover this team. No. Because you... It does not matter how good your secondary is. They have two NFL wide receivers, and hell, they might have three. With a guy who's the back end in Polk, who you're like, mm, I could see him on an NFL roster. He's, yep. he's he's got the ball skills for it. But I mean, Adunze and McMillan are absolute monsters. Adunze is on everyone's board the number two wide receiver in this draft. Behind he should be man behind Marvin Harrison Jr., really who is good. unbelievable, and you just cannot. I would call this one of the most disrespectful but honest plays I have seen in Washington run when they were in the red zone, when they had Adunze on the wide side of the field. They ran that long 20-yard across the field mm-hmm. fade. But that just shows you just how much they believe in Penix and Adunze. Yeah. And I don't was, think that's disrespectful at all. It's You've got two of the best players on the field. You use them. Yeah, You don't you usually see that. and you go get it. You don't usually see the wide side fade, though. I mean, it just shows you just how much they trust, number one, Penix's arm, but number two, Odunze to win that back shoulder fade ball. And it's just, that's how good they are. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't take away anything from Oregon, but you need to be able to roll help somewhere. And with these guys, you just can't. And that has been DMO for Washington basically all season is they just haven't had that complement of guys where you could roll help. Well, and when Ryan, Ryan Grubb and Kalen DeBoer are in their bag like they were, you know, they Oregon did adjust and they went uh, three over two when they would wide, go wide and mm-hmm. they'd have to go single coverage on the backside uh, with either Adunze or McMillan. But they had two out. They went three over two and brought the safety over for help. And Dylan Johnson made him pay. You lighten you lighten that box and watch out because that is the threat that you can't account for when you have four great receivers on the field. Except and, for that one time when Dylan Johnson decided to not turn the ball upfield. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they strung it out, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, on TV and if you across social media when that play happened, he had a lane that he could get up yep. and he just didn't do it. And that felt like that might be a turning point. For Oregon, when yeah, he, when he when he Look, there's down a, there, there are so many plays like that. I find it interesting when social media wants to start jumping on what cutback lane or where a guy didn't put his foot in the ground mm-hmm. and which ones they don't. Because watch a game and they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. There was two with Bucky that I mean, but when you are playing and it's moving as fast in that game. It is the fastest I have seen since the Oregon-Georgia game to start last year. Mm-hmm. Just the speed of play yeah. on both sides of the field. They were moving, man. Like, I mean, and when guys are moving that fast and you see, you know, purple blurs or white blurs, mm-hmm. you good luck saying, hey, you should have found that cutback st- line. St- stick it in there. No, man. No, did you hear anybody, crazy. I know we got to get, get the worst day, but did you hear anybody complaining about the turf? It it was bad. Okay. I went and I walked on it before. Was it just chock full of rubber? Seams. No, it wasn't the rubber. It was there were seams everywhere. Because the turf and monster got reached up and got grabbed a couple of guys. There were holes like 
legitimate holes and mounds all over the place. Good God. Yeah. It was it was the damnedest thing. Like I went down before the game and I was walking, and I was like, this is wild. How like I'm surprised it didn't happen more. I mean, one of them happened. Uh, Johnson had one where he, had, he was out, and it was like literally just slid out from underneath him. Boom! Boom! Yeah, and it 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 wasn't like too much of too much rubber or pellets. It was just like weird, uneven spots throughout the course of it. I don't I don't know why. Hmm. I I don't know why, but it was a something to behold for a turf field that is a permanent turf field too. Boop. Boop. Yep, that part. just like that. Speaking of That's weird, uneven things that are awful to behold, Whoa, the NFL officials had themselves a weekend. We'll get to that on Wednesday. But first, here's a sports update with the Big Kahuna. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Well, that sucks. In a world where you don't want to have officials be known, the NFL made the officials known all bleeping day. Yeah, it was a weird weekend in the NFL. It was like Tom Brady got criticized for calling the league like wildly average and mediocre, not really taking into account how bad the AFC East was when he played. Yeah, Alex Smith let him know. Yeah. But this past weekend, like the football wasn't that. Great. We only had like a couple of games. Oh, you had baseball scores. The stinkers were aplenty. Like, I mean, you just go back to Thursday night where it was no defense being played. Uh, Cowboys, you're dead to me. But how can you be that bad defensively in a 41-35 game? And then you fast forward to Sunday, we have a 6 nothing Patriots-Chargers game where <gasps> I, I told you guys a safety and a field goal was enough for me because New England wasn't scoring. They didn't. They got shut out. Their offense is god-awful. Literal baseball score. Yeah. The Jets and Falcons had one offensive touchdown, and it wasn't by the Jets who scored eight points in the game. They scored eight points with two field goals and a safety. safety. Did you see that hit by Quentin Williams? Yes. Good Lord. Uh, Really good at foosball. Also, I believe the Patriots have given up ten points or less in their last three games and lost all of them. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. (laughs) Is their defense good, or (laughs) the teams they played sucked that much? Yes. Mm. And they do too. Yeah. Uh, no, the no. Browns and Rams was a thing. Like that game was ugly. It was uh, like the most interesting part of that game was that two players got their face masks stuck together, which I love. Every it time wasn't I see actually that. the face mask though; it was the ear hole. Whatever face masks we're used to seeing, we're not used to ear hole. Yeah. Uh, wait, a face mask had to be a part of that. Well, though. you know, it was a face mask and okay. an ear hole. Yeah. But then you have just got two ear holes stuck together. Whatever, whatever that was that they called a football game in Houston between the Texans and the Broncos. Well, that's what happens if Russell Wilson plays a backup quarterback. Russell Wilson was terrible in that game. Yeesh. You had it's been terrible, and that's just not true. And then you had a absolute blowout in what was supposed to be the best game of the year or the weekend. I in mean, the honestly, probably Eagles. the best game of the year, potentially, and. Then you had the Chiefs and Packers on Sunday Night Football where Jordan Love plays incredible, and all we're talking about is officials in both of those games. Yes. Both of those games. For those that may not have watched the uh, Chiefs and Packers last night, uh, down the stretch, final final drive for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes strings out a play, takes off, runs for what appears to be about 10 yards, doesn't quite fight for an extra yard, 
but doesn't also slide or truly give himself up and gets popped in bounds. Yeah, right at the stick. And this is what I have. This is the issue that I have is they give like a a, 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 a un, unnecessary roughness yes. penalty because for playing football, it's a quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes was like slowing down to try to avoid contact. But here is my issue: he's inbounds and he is at the first down marker. Yes. He is trying to get an extra yard. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, there is no way an official can throw a flag on that. No. Because I don't care if he's slowing down. He was trying to get another yard. He if was he, trying to get it. If you want to go down, go down. Or go out of bounds. Yeah. And he he didn't. He didn't do either of those things. A flag was thrown for playing football. I don't care about protecting quarterbacks. Even live, I'm sitting there going, how the hell do you throw that? And then they show the replay, and it's like, how the hell do you throw that flag? And on the one thing that I do not like in officiating is that makeup calls should not exist, but they do. They do, and they absolutely unequivocally do because we had the second most egregious pass interference call of my lifetime. Marquez Valdez Scantling got mugged. I, the only thing missing from the crime scene was a prison shank, and it was like so bad that you, like there's nothing you can do. No, no, there's not a person on this planet, the most egregious cheesehead on the planet, still looking at that, going. <laughs> yeah. And they got he away with one. mauled him. They got away with one, and the officials didn't call it because they knew what set that play up was giving 15 yards yep. the play before. And that is... Oh, two plays before because they had the fake fumble-fumble in between. That is egregious officiating. Yes. And, but, and then it was like that isn't even it because in the blowout of the 49ers and the Eagles, I don't know how this happens. Like Dre Greenlaw gets... A unnecessary roughness and an objection for suplexing. Well, no, he didn't get it for that. Well, yes. he got the unnecessary roughness for suplexing a player on the sideline. Uh, and it just happened to be the Eagles sideline. Mm-hmm. Then Philly's new hero, Big Dom DeSandro. Big Dom, who, if you look up his bio and his title, definitely looks like it is made up by the mob. And apparently, like, he's known for like setting up all the food recommendations for the staff when they go to different cities. And he looks just like it. Like, he's the most. He's big Dom DeSandro. Looks like a big Italian. He's wearing a gold chain. His he's got Eagles an Italian hat, flag on his jacket. It, it, hat. Yeah, it has on his hat an Italian flag on it. Like he is full on Philly Italian, and he gets in the face of Dre Greenlaw for some reason. He was wearing an arm sleeve too, which I don't know. Is he just keeping his punching arm warm? It's like either that, or it's got like all the, like all the. Uh... The phone numbers for all of the players in case they get picked up at night. Jeez. But he gets in the face of Greenlaw and actually shoves Dre Greenlaw. And in response, Greenlaw does the, like, I'm going to get my hand as close to your face. He booped him. It wasn't a punch. No, he booped him. And he was, like, next to his face, and he, at the end, like, put his finger out like he's pointing to somebody next to him, but, like, rubbing the face of Big Dom. He booped his nose. And not only did he get the penalty for the unnecessary roughness, but he gets ejected mm-hmm. for making contact with DeSandro. That is a massive, like, uh, that's a big momentum changer yes. right there. But it just it turns turned out, out the Eagles sucked Yeah, yesterday, not as a team. Relax, Eagles fans. But what I don't get is, so they tack on the 15 for the unnecessary roughness. Dre Greenlaw gets ejected. Why was, why were the Eagles not? penalized at all for a support staffer pushing an opposing player. You think it was a push as opposed to a separation? No, it was not a separation. It was not because there were people between him and he reached over and he pushed him. 
Like that is what, it, but it, it warranted an ejection for for Big Dom. Yeah, you could have, but you not a, a penalty. You could have thrown a flag for a sideline infraction for sure. Well, they should have. Yeah, like that's what the NFL should have done. Yeah, he is a hero still because oh, yeah. he is. Mr. So Philly, Mr. Philly. Yeah, he needs to be in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's a hundred percent getting three sandwiches named after him. And today he was actually—they just signed Shaq Lawson mm-hmm. as a free agent, and he was escorting Lawson through the airport in Philly back to the Eagles facility to raucous applause. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. But then you so there we we have two games that have massive uh, refereeing faux pas, and then a game that nobody should have been watching. Uh, but if you were. The Jets-Falcons game, it was just taken over by the officials. There were so many penalties in that game. If you if the offense was unwatchable, the officiating made it even more unwatchable because the Jets had 11 penalties for 71 yards. The Falcons had six penalties for 55 yards. But at one stretch in the game, there was an eight-play stretch where six penalties were called in an eight-play stretch. There can be a penalty called on every every play. play, every single play. You don't do it. Advantage, disadvantage. Ref show. Yes. It turned into the ref show, and like, I think that this wouldn't be that big of a deal, but everybody's talking about it now mm-hmm. because of the fact that it was a clunker of a weekend in the NFL. Yes. And like what Brady was saying about the mediocrity of the league, it kind of showed this past mm-hmm. weekend. It, it actually, it really showed well, when this you, past weekend. When you weekend. take America's team out, out of the slate, this is what happens. Oh God. Cowboys played on Thursday, and I hate saying that they are America's mm. team. Um, are they? Because winners cover. Yeah, well, well, let's not talk about the Raiders then. <laughs> they cover. They cover. Let's not talk about the Raiders then. <laughs> you know what we should talk about? Josh McDaniels. Mm. He's terrible. <laughs> he that's, was really terrible. That's why he's no longer employed. Yeah, I learned my lesson picking two teams this week that I don't that I normally always stay away from. Mm. It's Cowboys and Broncos. There you yeah. go. They both bit me in the butt. Mm. Hey, but how about this? Good news? I'm on, I want to end the worst day in the world with a little bright spot. Oh. Nine and three, Detroit Lions. The first time they're nine and three since 1962. 62. Biting kneecaps, baby. My goodness. Nine, it's been and a long, it's been they, a long slog. They covered. They, you know what? Five point win. My Lions. My Lions. <laughs> All right, coming up. Well, uh, it is bowl season, and ladies and gentlemen, Eli Drinkowitz, protect this man at all costs. Danny and Dusty today, the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. Sometimes villains are heroes, too. Eli Drinkowitz, the head coach at Missouri, is uh, he's a bit of a troll. He, he likes to he likes to poke he likes to poke every now and then. This isn't the first time he's done something like this. But he is on with uh, with Chris Fowler of ESPN uh, during the bowl selection process. And towards the end of his of his conversation, he uh, says he's getting a phone call and needs to step away because uh, well he's he's getting some answers. Hey, hey, guys, I got a quick phone call. Connor Stallion's beeping in right here. I'm trying to get a few signals here, so I got to go. Uh, but but as soon as we get done, you know, look forward to competing against Ryan Day, and, and uh, we'll go from there. 
maybe you'll get some help in that regard too. <laughs> Drake, always a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for being with us. M-I-Z. <laughs> M-I-Z. That's fantastic. I love that Reese Davis was just like, the look on his face when he said that was like, oh my goodness. And I love... Eli Drinkwitz, his story is pretty cool. Like, he went from Appalachian State, Mm -hmm. and he goes to Missouri, takes over, I mean, a program that was in it in a bad way. And now they're in a New Year's Six Bowl. They're on the the upswing. I think a lot of, you know, Oregon fans would rather play like Missouri or, you know, Ohio State. Uh, I think drawing Ohio State is good. It's a great bowl game for them. It is. A quick aside, on the Liberty selection, Mm -hmm. Is there a team in the top twenty-five? Is there a? Is there any other team you, as Oregon, you would rather play less than Liberty? Um, I mean, they're the same as SMU or like Kansas State. I mean, those those two I are think just I'd, not great. I still think I'd rather rather play Kansas State or SMU. Or we've already Liberty. we've already seen a Fiesta Bowl with Oregon and Kansas State, and I'll never forget. I have a good buddy who was watching that game. And as the ball was getting ready to be kicked off, he said, Kansas State has six white guys on their kickoff team. This is not going to go well. <laughs> and DeAnthony Thomas returned it for a touchdown. Whee! <laughs> um, we, we've seen that one play out. And SMU, I, I think, is it, it's the same. It's, a, it's not even the same because Liberty is undefeated. They're well coached. But... They're kind of the same thing because their two losses are to both Power 5 teams mm-hmm. that they played. They got beat by TCU 34-17. to The same TCU team that got run by Colorado to start the year, remember? Like that TCU team. So that's why I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah they got back on the right track, but we've, we know what they are too. The interesting thing about this to me is this. Seven Ohio State, eight Oregon, nine Missouri, mm. ten Penn State, eleven Ole Miss, twelve Oklahoma. Yeah, every other team in that group but Oregon has a good bowl game. They do, they do, and even like Notre Dame at sixteen, they're playing Oregon State in the Sun Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, that's a great matchup. Like, B fans should be excited. Yeah. Well, until yeah. everybody left. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a great matchup, but now you don't have your top two quarterbacks. You're sitting there and you're looking at it like, you're running back. we don't want to play in this. Or your best wide receiver. Yeah, like, There's a lot not going for lot, Oregon lot, State. Not, not Definitely not going right. And with that, that's where we'll start. Hour number three here on Danny and Dusty. The transfer portal is alive and well for everyone, unfortunately. We'll get to that, Danny and Dusty, today, fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 